Hey, baby, it's smokescreen season, and Jake and Dieter are here to help you through the clouds. It's uh, it's like Oracle Arena pre-Steph Curry with all this smoke. Uh, Jake, what what are you buying? What are you selling? Um, I still can't figure out this whole, like, smoke thing because there's, like, no reason for the 49ers to put out smoke screens about anything. <laughs> right. But part of me also thinks that they just enjoy sort of reveling in the chaos. And they actually maybe don't know who they're picking. Um, I yeah. I think they have a pretty firm idea of who they want, but it's not at all set in stone. And so I think there's a distinction between, you know, you can draft up and be like, okay, we are fine with this guy, but like we also like these guys and also want to evaluate them. So you know there's at least one guy you like. And you look at the other two and say, those are still options, but we know for a fact that one guy's good enough where we feel comfortable with this. And if the other guys blow them out of the water from what we find out, then we can change our mind. The cool thing that the 49ers have going for them right now is an extreme amount of flexibility. And oh. that does lead to um, at least to some peculiarity with the scenario, no doubt. But they don't have to have a rookie quarterback start week one. They don't have to pick a quarterback who could even play in his rookie year. So all of the options are available. By the way, they could. They could just decide, fuck it, and send Jimmy elsewhere, see if they can get you know a second-round pick for him, and, uh, and start the kid week one. And so they can choose any quarterback that they want for any circumstance they want. And that's huge when you consider like Fields being sort of the in-between of Mac Jones, who I think could absolutely start week one and never get better from there. Uh, and then <laughs> Trey Lance, who I'm not sure if he'll ever develop into a starter, but has all the physical tools you could ever ask for, but would 100% need a year at least behind an established NFL veteran, which is kind of what I want to get into here. Um, I don't know if I don't know. No, I mean, who knows, though? Like, no, correct. No one knows. It no might, one knows. I, I don't I don't think Trey Lance I mean, I don't know. Like, we don't know. We have to that's see my person. that's my personal conjecture. Right. And by the way, it's not like Shanahan and Lynch have seen him in person. My understanding was they were not at North Dakota State's pro day, which I, I think, watched on the YouTube's. What do they? I think they sent Peters to that one, right? Yeah. Well, that apparently he's the guy making the decisions. Right. But, um, you know, they did and see Mac Jones throw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. Matt, let me just say this, man. Justin Fields kicked the living shit out of that air, man. He he just he ripped it a new one. And by the way, Zach Wilson is involved in all of this too. Um, is know, he though? The, I mean, no. He's going to the Jets. I mean, I in know theory. a lot of people want to sort of talk around that, but he's going to the Jets. Until he does, we don't know, and they right. have to do a full eval. Um, I think it's fairly clear that if they had to make a decision right now, they would be leaning towards Fields or Wilson, whoever is there. Um, and that Lance doesn't – there's a little bit too much risk in Lance. But this is, again, just me projecting right. and that there's not enough upside in Jones. Um, and Jones didn't, you know, rip the seams off the football in his, his pro day. He had incredible players around. It should be noted that Bill Belichick was at the Alabama pro day, that – the uh, 49ers probably need to establish a better relationship with Nick Saban moving forward, given the Reuben Foster scenario. Um, right. There were a lot of reasons for them to go. Plus they'll still see Justin Fields. Well, that has been soon. a pretty notable thing is that they've got this crazy good relationship with South Carolina had. and because <laughs> then milk must ship got his ass fired. Right. I don't know if Shane Beamer is going right. to be providing all the so GPS data. So now they have to dip their toes back into the other murky SEC's, SEC waters, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, you, I, and you, yeah. you need to have plugs in the SEC. You need to have guys at the SEC level. And South Carolina, I think, has worked out really well for them. Uh, Muschamp, I mean, you tell the story better than I do. Muschamp was like, you got to watch Debo's weight. Right. What's He's been like, a big Debo, issue? Debo gets fat is basically what he told yeah. him. Like almost He's explicitly about it. He's like, Debo's great, but like he, he's going to gain weight and you yeah. have to manage that. And that happened. And Debo struggled with injuries. So it's, that it's been uh, a tale as old as time in his, his it's crazy. Cause that, that dude works hard. Like you, you see, like he works really damn hard, but it's just, it's, I think it's something where it's just some people, uh, I, you know, can, can back on, <laughs> you're back on bounds a little bit easier. 
<laughs> yeah, me, me more than you, my friend. Uh, I, I, me and Debo, two peas in a pod. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it, there were a lot of reasons to go. I think that what's happening right now is this is a monumental decision, and there is no linear progress to the decision that the casual fan or even the media is going to be able to pull together, right? Like there's no like checklist of how this goes. These guys are operating in the dark as well. They should. And so we won't really know because they also don't leak shit out. Um, We won't know until pick number three NFL draft and people do not like indecision, insecurity, all those things. They do not care for being left in the lurch until the moment it comes. I happen to think that it's fun as hell because regardless oh, of it. regardless of who it is, they are they're set or they're totally fucked. <laughs> I mean, there's right. this is the only quarterback at number three they're ever gonna get to draft. Uh this is the only top ten quarterback they're ever gonna get to pick. We're gonna find out if Kyle Shanahan is as good as Kyle Shanahan tells you that he is. We're gonna find out if John Lynch and Adam Peters actually have something going on or if they just got lucky like we're about to this is this is a uh, a real push come to shove moment and again they, they could go any which direction and as much as mac jones doesn't make sense these guys don't have to make sense it doesn't make right. sense to us it might no, make it, all the sense I mean, in the world to here's them the thing like it would make sense it would just okay it would make sense from the perspective of like he's probably pretty safe like yes you know, I, I'd say, you know, could he be better than Jimmy Day One? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, is he going to be that much better than Jimmy? I mean, I guess if you're basing that off of Jimmy can't throw a deep ball, then like probably there maybe maybe yeah. this ceiling is higher than we expect. But yeah, I think when we all look at it, it's like just because he can like the fact that people are like talking about Mac Jones, like, Oh, he's actually like pretty athletic. He's like, fine. Like we've all watched his tape. Like he's shifty enough in the pocket to get away from, from pressure. And you know, he can, he's like not stone footed. So like we, Mm -hmm. we knew that, but like the reason we're comparing athletic abilities, cause it's another dimension. Like, totally. Yeah. He can be the old school, like, you know, guy that can step away from pressure and, and get a throw once off. right but like <laughs> i just want to die when i think about the, the 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 possibility of drafting like a trey lance or justin fields where we were talking about it all last year just like imagine one of these guys in the system and then they just go like to trade up and and say we're, we're taking this big risk and then not take a risk Right. It's like, what's the point at all? You know, like just sign, Next. sign Andy Dalton for 10 million a year. Like if you're going to do right. that, like trade, trade those first round picks for Kirk Cousins. Um, clearly, you know, three first round picks is not equivalent to the salary cap savings next year. Cause you're probably keeping grapple around though. We'll find out. Um, what do you think happens with Jimmy? Uh, obviously it's all conjecture and guessing right now, but um, let's say it's fields. I think that if I had to handicap it right now, it's most likely fields. Um, I adhere to uh, very few rules in my life, but one of them is always go the opposite direction of Dan Orlovsky. The amount and, of the amount of like people that I consistently am like I don't like their takes that are saying it's it's Jones is like pushing me pretty strongly. Like the amount of heat and like yeah. you know it's a good fit. Like like stop saying like fit. Well, can we say can we go? In, I want to go into that before we 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 go into Jimmy's because yes, it's a good fit if you haven't paid attention to the NFL and hadn't listened to Kyle at any point. He goes into his press conference the other day with John Lynch and they're both beaming and they're both suntanned and they're just happy that they no longer have to wait for whatever's going to fall their way, that they're in control of their own destiny for better or for worse. And that, but they don't have the specter of possibility hanging over their head. They're going to get one of the quarterbacks that they like. Um, and it, and boy, Kyle, they were yeah. they were jazzed. They were they were they were amped until you asked your question, and then Kyle's like, first off, fuck you." Uh, that was <laughs> and the then general he talked, tone. Uh, so I asked, I asked Kyle, I was like, "So basically, everyone knows you're deeply in love with Kirk Cousins, like, 
but like, do you, is that fair to say that he's your ideal archetype? And Kyle's like, yeah. absolutely not. But I'm going to talk for 45 <laughs> seconds about how much I love Kirk Cousins. Right. I'm deeply in love with Kirk Cousins. I want him. Oh, sorry. What, what, what was your question? I wanted him. He admitted, he admitted that he, he was he chasing for, him. He talked agency. for 45 seconds about how much he wanted Kirk Cousins. But then he also is like, but no, like I, when I draft up, a, like draw up an ideal QB, it's not Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Right? Like mm. it's a guy. That guy with, can't move. Right. Fantastic. It's a guy who can play the way Kirk does in the pocket, but who mm. has, you know, athletic ability, uh, arm right. strength, you know, yeah. elite, elite level traits. And he also mentioned, you know, when talking about fields, mm-hmm. I expect him to throw it like pretty fast. And I expect it. He was talking about, he, he was mm-hmm. brief. But he lit up a little bit and was like, "I expect it to be to be very, very pretty fast. awesome." Yeah. Which, listen, you watch the tape, and there are moments of Justin Fields where you go, "Fuck, that was awesome." And I guess you can say the same for Trey Lance, though I found fewer of those. But um, we'll do deeper dives into Trey Lance. I thought we had a good conversation a couple months ago about him, um, but it, it remains. I still haven't seen it, and I'm going to go looking for it a little bit harder. Um, right. And I can see where the the negatives come from fields. I personally believe that those can be explained away by the Ohio State offense and kind of the way that they played. But listen, uh, the concerns are not invalid by any stretch of the imagination. We we both call them a stiff. And um, maybe that's something Kyle likes because you know who's a big stiff? Kirk Cousins. But it is... It's not lost on Kyle. And this is a credit to Kyle. It's not lost on him that and there's no other way to say this shit's changed like the way that the quarterback position has evolved over the last three four years has been absolutely dramatic and I I don't know where it started I mean maybe we can go back and say oh Michael Vick or something and I understand that Tom Brady who has none of the traits of what you're looking for in an elite level quarterback is somehow you know just won the Super Bowl but unless you think Mac Jones has the ability mentally to beat everybody on defense before the ball is snapped, which is what Tom Brady does and no one else can pull off. You can't try and replicate that. You can't try and find the next. You can. Tom Brady. If Tom Brady wanted to be an offensive coordinator, he'd be the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. Him and Kyle Shanahan would go head to head. Tom Brady is doing that on the field. Kirk Cousins is only the only reason Kirk Cousins outside of he does actually throw a pretty nice deep ball. The reason that Kirk Cousins is a starting NFL quarterback making $30 million a year is because the dude's got an office and he tries to be Tom Brady and he can't be, but he's not half bad at it. The reason that the 49ers are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo is he ain't that guy. But he is he's kind of a field quarterback. The problem is he's a field quarterback without athleticism. Right. And Kyle can get by with the field quarterback so long as that guy has second second playability, right? Like you know, second second read, third read. Okay, you got to make something happen. We've seen, you know, he sees it in his own division four times a year with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. I mean, what is the what was the main storyline of last year besides injuries? Running quarterbacks kill the 49ers. You don't think that that might have dawned upon Kyle? Maybe we should get ourselves one of these them there running quarterbacks? It's a Buffalo like, of course. game, man. It's it's a he's Buffalo game, yeah. and, and the amount of times that he has mentioned Mahomes, like, yeah. like I know it's something to be like, don't read into – no, we actually should read into him talking 100%. about Mahomes because – He's a guy that he passed on, <laughs> mm-hmm. like very clearly mm-hmm. passed on and almost sort of ignored. And yeah, it's obvious Mahomes is incredible. But like what he points out about Mahomes is that no one knew that going in. He stands in the pocket yes. and when he escapes, he's generally looking to throw the ball, much like Rodgers, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's look to throw, look to throw, look to throw, feel the pressure, get out of there, extend mm-hmm. the play, look for someone open and then run. And yeah. so that's kind of what he's talking about. And and Josh Allen is a totally different breed where he is right now. It's it's actually no, but he does that too. Like he, he'll get to the sideline and, and fling it. Well, and that that's a new thing for him. And it right. should be noted. Um, this is why I have another, this is another hesitation I have about Lance, who again, no one's questioning his unbelievable raw talent and, and skills. But um, one, I mean, 
there are some games for North Dakota State where he looks like he's just playing H-back, uh, which isn't ideal. And there's a lot, and everyone goes, well, Josh Allen had all of these traits and sucked at Wyoming, and they still got drafted high, and now he was number two in MVP voting for last year. To which I say, yeah, and what happened the two years before that? It's not to say that Trey Lance can't do the same thing. It's not to say that maybe Trey Lance could do it even faster because he is a Josh Allen archetype quarterback. Uh, It's just to say there's one guy like Josh Allen, and we've seen what happened with Cam Newton, who would probably be the closest comp before that. We're talking about, you know, a huge guy. And fuck, we saw what happened with Tim Tebow, who was even before that. We're kind of the same size. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't really apply because he's not willing to run as much. Um, But with... But when you're talking about just a big, massive quarterback who can run over anybody who's not playing with their hand in the dirt on uh, on the start of the play, uh, it, it needs to be noted that th- those guys are fairly they're truly exceptional. And with Allen, listen, he's got one year left and then they have to give him an extension like it didn't work right. until the beginning of this year. And. It was a big question mark going into the season if Josh Allen was going to take another step forward. His success at the end of year number two was mainly because he just decided to tuck and run. I mean, it wasn't even really throwing. It was him just being a runner, and he was a great fantasy football player. But when you actually look at quarterbacking, eh, I don't know. Um, So I haven't seen it with Lance. I know that he can. I haven't seen it with Lance in terms of his ability to actually be in the pocket and do things. And it feels like he's a little bit too run first for me. I, and- I kind of disagree. I, I have seen okay. that. Um, but the thing is, I, I haven't seen him deal much with pressure. Um, mm. I need, I'm going to go back and look more, but uh, yeah, there's it. not a lot of tape on sort of dealing with like a guy coming at his face sliding well, out and let's take it one step further he's bigger than the defensive tackles that are coming right. at him <laughs> right so. and so it's like with lance i know some people it's sort of becoming popular to be like no you actually do see everything on tape no you don't like you no, don't he's playing against fine. subpar competition uh he has limited games he has the fewest throws of any of these quarterbacks by a substantial margin so yeah a lot of it is projection like it's not I don't know why. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. If you feel so comfortable as to project it, go to town. I just wouldn't feel that comfortable with it, but maybe I'm more risk adverse than Kyle and and John. And again, they can they can take a little bit more risk because they have a quarterback for next year. They're not tanking a season if they take that guy at number three. But again, they better be fucking right. And I'm not sure that Lance transcends anything, right? Uh, He's he's fourth on my board. And I put him barely above Jones because as much of a risk as he is, that's as safe as Jones is and can go either way on both of those fronts. Um, right. um, yeah. With Lance, it's like, I see so many good things and it's, it's just like the, the, the reason I think that, you know, you'd pick Lance over fields and we talked about it, but, but I think there's, there's one like distinct reason and it's anticipation and getting the ball out quickly. That's mm-hmm. the main concern. You Really, I think the only concern with Fields is that mm-hmm. he overthinks. And in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you just want to throw the ball, throw it. Throw it now, yeah. throw it now, get it out. And so that's a very legitimate concern. And it would be a reason I understand why they wouldn't draft Fields. But yeah. it's also something where the reprogression, as he talked about, was a little bit different in college. Um It was significantly different. I mean, they had they had situations where the wide receiver and the quarterback had to feel the same thing. Well, that guy's 20 yards down the field. I don't know. A lot lot of stuff was on receivers to make a decision and they just wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. And so Ohio State's receiving core. It's something that he sort of mentioned where the people that are criticizing him for progressions, that was not an issue I really saw with him. No, he sees the field. He sees it very well. The issue is really like throwing a guy open. And it's not like he can't throw a guy open. He's done it plenty of times. But it's consistently anticipating that, okay, he's going to beat it and setting up like before it happens. Because a lot of the times he would see it, it's too late, and then he gets a little panicky. That's the negative with Fields. That's really the main thing. And, and with Lance, I think for the most part, it comes out quicker. Yep. Um, so it's it's basically if you're Kyle Shanahan, it's like, do you want to take the guy who is 
much riskier in terms of like has played quarterback for some of a year against subpar competition has not really dealt with sustained pass rushes and kind of the one time he did it didn't go well but whatever it's you know tough to know what to make of that game right or do you go with the guy who is probably the highest ceiling of a quarterback in a long time like mm-hmm. genuinely i think when you look at the physical tools have i'd put him up against justin herbert i put him up against a lot of guys he's got mm-hmm. better tools than than uh, trevor lawrence does agreed um and i think it's it's not that close like i think his physical tools are crazy yes um but it's like do you think mentally he can evolve quick enough where he's not second guessing himself and just delivers the ball on time and let's and let's take it one step further. I mean, this is where we have to defer a little bit to expertise or perceived expertise. Like Kyle Shanahan also has to take into account, okay, with with his coaching staff, what can he do? What can he do with these guys? He might see Fields and say, "I don't know if I can fix that." He might also see Fields and say, "That's a five, you know, that's five hours me and him right. over the course of uh, rookie OTAs, and we're covered, and it's over because." I, I, he sees the field and I can teach him just, Hey, trust it. Let it rip. You only have to make one read. He got by with a one read quarterback for quite a while. Uh, he went to a super bowl with a one read quarterback. Like I'm sure that he can do it. That's the thing I keep coming back to. I'm like, everything I've heard about Justin Fields, including what Dan Orlovsky says, which makes me strongly believe that it's the opposite. Right. And I'm not even saying that as a meme. Like, no, it's not a joke. Like just the always fact that do Dan the Orlovsky is saying there are character concerns and that's literally never come out once makes me strongly believe that no one has character concerns about Fields. And it's a yeah. team that's kind of hoping like he'll drop to them. Like, I don't know. That's, I don't even know who who would who would trust him enough to make him some, right. you know, no, somebody he's who would work for him. Wrong, most of the but time. That's that's his thing, though. You know, right. like that's his shtick. Right. Uh, it really does pay to live down the street from the ESPN studios. Well, before you're hired there, um, right? And who so can we get? the thing is, like Justin Fields, if you, if you're Kyle Shanahan, like he talked about it. He talked about Josh Allen just beating them and that hadn't yeah. happened to them before they, right. they really had not just been beaten there were a lot of close games where one thing went wrong and they're like yeah that happens they had not ever been as dejected and we talked about this before just than they were around. with the bill get bills game and it was something where kyle they all had a sort of a come to jesus moment like well shit that guy's just better than us and we don't yeah. have that guy even if i think it was mullins that game right but it was they clearly the energy was Jimmy would not have made a difference. I think Mullins actually Correct. played fairly well that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, there was a moment. There was a moment in the second half where it was like, oh, they might actually. I think they and then, they scored uh, on the first drive of the second half, and then it was it was game over. I mean, even taking a step further, I think it was a come to Jesus with Kyle, which is basically my system can't beat great talent, and we've seen again this shift across the NFL that it is more. It's requiring more and more athleticism from the quarterback position right. and does he want, he clearly doesn't want to double down on Jimmy. And so the question is, can he do it with somebody else in the league? Um, and then, then you have to ask yourself the question and this is where it came from. I honestly believe that the package that they gave up to Miami would have been very similar to the package that they had put together for Deshaun Watson. I think the Watson one was a little bit bigger with day three picks, you know, a few more sprinkled. That in. sounds about right. So they were already moving forward, right, with that. And that wasn't that wasn't a you know well kept secret. Like teams around the NFL knew that the Niners were coming heavy for Watson and that Jimmy would have been involved and they were gonna mortgage it all. And that was where, you know, Kyle was. Now the problem was the Houston Texans never picked up the phone calls, and that turned out to be a blessing for the 49ers because uh we don't know if Watson's ever going to play again given my bet based on the NFL is that they suspend him for a year and then he somehow turns it into a uh, a comeback redemption story yeah, yeah. redemption story and then well, we all to feel be terrible fair, about it that would that would fulfill my uh that would fulfill my prediction that Deshaun Watson doesn't play in the NFL in 2021 originally sure. I thought it'd be a holdout now it's a different thing. Hold that suspension. We don't need to get into semantics. I still have owed a lot of money by a lot of bad, people. Bad, Nevertheless. bad, 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 bad. So they lucked out. But then once you've already once you've already gotten over the hump, right, which is we need more athleticism. We need a, a 
game breaker, a playmaker at quarterback, and that my system, as great as it is, can't get as far as teams will go with just having the dude. Uh, right. And shit has changed. Once you've already come to Jesus on that fact and you put together a package for one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL, you, you already have the package together. You don't need to debundle everything. So you might as well go out and get a, a young guy who can make that happen. And when you have basically three options, two which will be available to you with all certainty, uh, all three of them very good in their own way in Wilson, Fields, and, and Lance, uh, I think it made all the sense in the world, made all the sense in the world. So I, I don't buy in at all to the Mac Jones thing. I think you have to do your due diligence on it because, right? listen, it, no one's going to uh, – <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that Mac Jones isn't a good quarterback. And he's I'm got not. great character too. I think he only got two DUIs in college. So <laughs> I, uh, I think that Mac Jones has a little – I think that there's something that you – I think there's something special about the kid. I don't I don't quite understand it, but I'm definitely not betting the house on I don't know, there might be something special about him. Uh so that's that's where ultimately I'm at with the Mac Jones situation. So to get to the question that I asked before, there was about a 10 minute tangent, which is something of course anyone who's listened to this show knows is par for the course. What what do you think they do with Jimmy? Again, we're just guessing, it's conjecture. Uh what do you think happens with him? Because they can go a bunch of different ways. Um, I think they hold on to him until they get an offer that's a fuck you offer. Um, do you think there's a fuck you offer out there for Jimmy Garoppolo? Not right now. Um, do you think there will be? Depends how, how desperate people get. I think it hmm. could happen. Um, yeah. I think it's something where it's not just posturing. They they are happy to keep Jimmy. Unless, and I think yeah. I, I just got sent a, a text from someone else that Albert Breer reported that it would take a first rounder to, that sounds right. That's exactly what I would expect. Yeah. Don't yep. trade. It won't be when it's all said and done, but right now I would absolutely say he's a starting quarterback. One of the 15 best starting quarterbacks in the NFL. He absolutely starts for you over Cam Newton. He absolutely starts for you over Andy Dalton. Right. Bring me a first right. round. And the pick. reason people like uh, Mike Florio are, are so wrong uh, about their take and, and just thinking about the price tag is again, their cap space is fine. There right. are limited free agents on the market that are actually intriguing. Who are you going to sign? So it's like Who are Melvin you sign Ingram for ten million dollars. AJ Bouye, which oh, by the way, they could probably afford to sign one of them if they get creative right with it right now. Um, yep. So. Unless you get an offer. That's one Lake and Tomlinson extension away. One Lake and Tomlinson restructure away. If And you still have Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead where you could restructure their money if you want to. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's something where, like, you have a quarterback who, when he's healthy, is just fine. Just fine. So don't get rid of that for an unknown commodity unless the offer is so substantial that you say, all right, if we trade away Jimmy and we get a first round and, like, a third round pick – we can draft the edge rusher that we were eyeing, add that guy. Mm -hmm. We can draft the corner high, and we can just stack all of these positions for the foreseeable future, and we can go after Melvin Ingram or an A.J. Bouye and just completely stack the roster. But yeah. you have to get a fuck you offer, um, and desperation is a pretty good motivator. I think I think fear of is like probably the biggest motivator, you know, and so... Mm -hmm. If you're Bill Belichick, like, does he say, I don't want another year of Cam Newton? Um, I want Jimmy. Who knows? Like, I'm not going to sit here and just predict right. that they do this. Um, but I, I think it really would take an offer of, like, a first-round pick. Because otherwise, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. Like, Jimmy's just so fine. There's a couple of teams that would stand out, right? And these are the teams that have kind of gotten left in the dust by the 49ers move up. Um, you're looking at Carolina. You're looking at Denver. Uh, you're looking at Philadelphia, maybe, uh, though unlikely. You're looking at New England. Um, Washington is a possibility. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, maybe Pittsburgh, uh, but they, they just redid Ben, and I doubt that they'd yeah. do that. New Orleans seems unlikely. Uh, I think that the big ones, Chicago, Chicago, 
Carolina, Denver, New England would be the teams that you would be looking for. Denver's and interesting. I think they'll I think they'll go up in the draft. Nine is but yeah, nine is far too aggressive. But Denver's right there behind Carolina at nine. Carolina's at eight. Uh, you know, what quarterback do you have? If it goes if it goes quarterback, 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 and I think that there's a, a real possibility that it goes quarterback one, two, three, four, with Lance or Fields going to Atlanta who will never find themselves again in the position to right. draft like this in theory. Uh, now you're Carolina or Denver. And one of those teams is getting to, left in the lurch. They're, they're both getting left in the lurch because one of them's getting left with Mac Jones. So, uh, and I'm not sure Mac Jones does anything for honestly, either of those teams it, uh, because they're not ready to win now. Like Mac right. Jones is a great option for like the Niners or Atlanta because they're in a situation where I think both of those teams can win. Uh, they have the talent around them. Carolina and Denver are teams. I mean, you could maybe make the argument with Denver, but like, is Mac Jones going to be that much of an upgrade over Drew Locke? Like, uh, I, don't, I, don't I think, think he's so. more reliable. Um, I give you, I'll give you that. You know, you Locke that. He's is not, he's not Locke a is just like such a wild card. Um, yeah, you know, but it is something where someone's going to get left in the lurch. And what I could see is they trade down, acquire mm-hmm. a few more picks, and say. Okay, now we're going to trade for Jimmy. We'll give you a late first rounder. Uh, but, you know, we picked up a second and some other stuff in the draft where, you know, we can still go after some other positions we were interested in outside of quarterback and we see the value there. That's something that's a scenario I could see. I think Denver with the 40th pick is a really interesting option for Garoppolo. If you go, you know, a second and two thirds, you know, one of them being soon and the other one being very distant right um you can kind of an amalgamate a late first round pick out of that but the 40th pick in the draft is extremely valuable totally. and uh you know as is the 46 pick which the patriots have and then you just kind of call it even with jimmy garoppolo thanks for the memories right. and remember uh, he took us to a super bowl and got injured at the same time there is a viewpoint where teams prefer second round picks um for sure because yeah. with first rounders there is a real high price tag. Um, Especially now that it's guaranteed money on the fifth-year option. So it's something where, you know. The Niners absolutely would be one of those teams. They're going to be salary cap strapped for the rest of their days, given the even with the uh, even with the rookie quarterback. I mean, one of the reasons they're doing the rookie quarterback thing is because they can't pay everybody otherwise. Right. And, the next, and they've already paid most of the other right. guys. And what getting rid of Jimmy does is you can actually, a lot of these deals are backloaded, but once you get rid of Jimmy, mm-hmm. you can front load a little bit of them. Um, that's mm-hmm. what they did with his deal originally. And you clear 27 million off the books or it's Huge. more like 20, 22 or something like that with the rookie, but you clear 20 million off right. the books. You can, you can work deals, especially guys who already have extensions and just say, all right, you know, we're going to up like George Kittle's contract mm-hmm. in this year. Like we're just going to front load it. Totally. Now. They can work that money around. And that way, you know, and when all those big extensions comes due, you've actually spaced it out in a way where it's, it's not dire straits. And remember the cap. Yeah. This is the worst it's ever going to get straight to the moon. 2023. Baby. It's what is it? What is it now? It's 185 this year or 182.5. Last year it yeah. was 198, and normally it rises by about 10 million. Right. Then the, yeah. it, it won't have a big jump, but it's going to go up 15 million per year from here on out. Right. Next Something year, I, I don't know. It might it might only be back. They just told us what this right. year is. So yeah, next really year, know. it's it's hard to say, but they're planning for for full fans, and the deal won't kick in until 2023. So right. my bet is it's like in the 190s, probably close. Pretty close to what they had last year, next year, mm-hmm. probably something mm-hmm. around two hundred million. And then it's gonna yeah. spike to like two twenty, two twenty five, something crazy in twenty twenty three. Right. And, and and if there's one team that is on top of stuff like that, it's the Niners. I mean, not to bootlick or anything, but uh as John Lynch was telling us in the press. Just conference rattling on off Monday, name after name after name. Yeah. He was apparently saying that there was such little uh <laughs> there was such little information coming from the league office that other teams were calling Parag and saying, Hey, what's going on with basically the salary structure in the modern NFL today? Like that Parag was the proxy league office right. and agents call him to figure out what the value of their players he called are. them. The and fed, he called the, their front office, the, the fed. fed, which 
That's wild. It's pretty. That's it's just pretty wild. insane to just think about that. Like they have that reputation where it's like teams are literally like, what you know, what is hey Parag? Yeah. Like what is that's <laughs> let's call the 49ers and see what's what. Right. I mean, what a weird the 49 and by I guess credit to the 49ers for being forthright. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like that's cool. You um, know some teams <laughs> just have a guy like me just like a a 20 year old yeah. like intern that they're like can you do you know numbers <laughs> like obviously right. smarter than me but just like you know <laughs> sort of that don't really have a clue with the cap like you know it's like true. everyone's got someone that makes sure that that they're in order but like i don't know like you see amount of teams paying like the seahawks defensive linemen who did nothing last year like nine million a year what the, what's going on there like right some people like some teams just they don't value positions properly and you know, like the Texans are just paying a bunch of running backs like three million a year. Uh, I shouldn't really talk about the Texans because yeah, no, they're, they're not they're not on top of it. But you know, you, you see uh, Tyler Lockett, who's a really good player, getting big money from the Seahawks. Like, there's just a, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are spending. Like it was Timothy Mozgov going on the free agent market in 2016 in the I NBA, where deal. it's just like I stand by it free free money. It's free real estate, um, and that's just not how. You should operate. And by the way, the Niners weren't that far off of that back when they had money to spend. But the problem is no one has money to spend. They're still spending money. So uh, more power to them. I hope it works out. And I'm glad those guys got paid. Hope they got all that money way up front. Um, I haven't seen the odds. Have you seen any odds on who starts week one for the 49ers? I don't think I've I've seen odds, but the last odds I saw for the number three pick were Jones is a slight, slight favorite. It was like plus 125. And Lance and Fields at plus 175. Um, but that's also because I, I bet there's a lot of people just betting on Jones based off of this smoke and, and yeah. pushing that number that way. I, I think it's, I, I, I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. Like, it, it isn't smoke. This is just people who have not taken into account the new shit talking about some new shit, but not the entirety of the new shit. Right. Like, it just, there's a lot of, the thing- I think, and it's not, it's total. And yeah. it's not in like the, uh, this is what I'm hearing. If I had to guess. Right, right. So, which we're all doing to be fair, but they're not privy to the right. shit. I, I don't, I really truly think no one knows. And so, like, I go back yeah. to, you know, the two top like national reporters, Rappaport and, and Schefter. Mm-hmm. Schefter said basically, like, I sort of kind of, it seems sort of like Mac Jones if it had to be right now. But I think yeah. they also like Trey Lance and are intrigued by Justin Fields, so he made it seem like Fields was third option. But it also seemed like he didn't know. Like, he just didn't know. He and Rappaport know. was like, yeah, I think Jones would probably be a little high at three. But he was also on the ground talking to a bunch of the GMs, like, directly there. And then talked to the 49ers. Yeah. Was basically like, I don't know. Like, Jones could go three, but, like, I think it's probably a little high. So, yeah, no one knows. And Kyle loves that, by the way. Kyle's not going to leak it out. And well, yeah, and uh, while they don't but, have to hide, like they said, like they enjoy this. Oh, they love it. They love they love watching everybody else squirm. This is I, honestly as much as they no longer have to worry about what will befall them, right? Or right. having to make a desperation trade on draft day where they give up more than they wanted to because they gave up a lot already. Imagine having to pay draft day premium because, like, oh shit, we got to move to five right now. Um, they, they love the fact that everybody's just like, what are you going right. to, they, they're getting a real kick out of it. And so and we're conjecturing too, but I, I think that I'll say this. Um, it's interesting. There's a lot of, I think very, I think there's a lot of pretty clear information out there that Kyle has, has been, Kyle is forthright to the point where he won't straight up say anything, but he'll give you all the things to connect the dots. And, it would truly stun me if it wasn't Fields or Lance. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can understand the Lance thing because Lance, again, if you were to draw it up, there's your quarterback. I can see why you would draw up that guy. And Kyle has never once not bet on himself to coach him up. It's worked out great, by the way. Um, you know, Kyle drafted one unrestricted free agent uh rookie pickup one and then got one for a second rounder and now they need a fourth one. So it's, I guess Brian Hoyer counts too. So all of them have been fantastic. Uh, not a, not right. a single problem up until this point at the same time, you know, Kyle has 
full conviction in his beliefs and and in his ability. So it wouldn't shock me in the least bit if they took Lance. I don't think that's the right decision, but that's my opinion. Uh, and if they took Fields, that makes all the sense in the world because there's a safety because you've seen him do it against the highest level of competition. I rewatched the Alabama National Championship game. I think we ragged on him a little hard, honestly, in the immediate aftermath of that right. game. Now we were both we were both very forthright in saying he was really good, but like he wasn't like awesome and we were kind of right. nitpicking. The amount of pressure that he was getting from that pile no, of shit offensive line really that good. he had. It was it was almost as good as the Clemson game. And the Clemson right. game was one of the best college football performances in a, a big stage that you'll ever see. And remember, like, he know, basically had know, a broken rib for both games. Like, And you know my opinion on competition, which that's ultimately going to be the tiebreaker for me. Even if I find a million things I love about Lance, and I found a lot of things I like about him, I'm going to say, well, fuck, you know, he did it against James right. Madison. By the way, national championship game 2020 or 2019 for uh, – no, it was 2020 for uh, uh, North Dakota State, the end of that season that he had. National championship game, ran the ball 30 times. Didn't care for that game, Phil. Yeah. That, <laughs> didn't care for Central Arkansas. Didn't care for the last two games. Not ideal if you're uh, on the Trey Lance bandwagon. Yeah, it's uh, – and again, like I don't like the way he moves laterally. I don't think there's enough focus on that. People like point to yeah. how athletic he is, but – like he really he gets downhill quick, but like he's not he's not fluid the way he moves side to side, and I, I have concerns about that. Um, I do think, just as with every year, a lot of this is because these two guys are black quarterbacks, and there is mm. a level of comfortability when you look at a guy like Jones, where front offices are like, "Yeah, that's like the old school like quarterback," and so and yeah. you know guys like Mike Tannenbaum. And guys who just, you know, they love their pocket passing white quarterback. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's how Kyle views it. Um, But what I am saying is that's definitely a factor in all of this supposed smoke is that people see what they've seen and, you know, have a belief of like what a quarterback is. And like, because there's basically fields gets knocked because there's so much tape on him because he's been in the spotlight Mm -hmm. for so long. You're really Mm -hmm. just nitpicking. And it's true. And I think Mina Khan said it pretty well is basically like, so if he falls, like someone's going to get an absolute steal. Like we've known who this, he's been no the question. number one quarterback with Trevor Lawrence since they came out of high school. Like we know yes. who this kid is, you know, stop trying to, you know, say like, it, it's just stuff where it's overthinking. I, I think that's what totally. it comes down to. And I don't get the vibe that Kyle's overthinking this one. Um, now we'll, we'll find out. I mean, more stuff is going to come to pass, uh, as it pertains to the black quarterback thing. I, I think you're a hundred percent right on that. Uh, I I've maintained for a while, uh, you know, I covered, um, I covered recruiting in, in South Florida. Right. And, uh, I ran up against this exact problem all the time where it's like, you know, well, this kid, this kid's straight out of central casting for what you want as you know, a quarterback in terms of, you know, his looks and his confidence and Letterman's jacket and all that. And then there's Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. And Lamar Jackson couldn't be further away from that and has no problem being further away from that. But the game has changed. The the sport has changed uh, and it has changed at every level. And it became fairly clear to me at that point with Lamar and, and others that, that I was very high on uh, Tyler Hunley, who uh, played at Utah, um, uh, John Franklin, who eventually converted to wide receiver. I think he's floating around in the league that you had to have extreme athleticism at the quarterback position to win at the high school level. And then you see it happening over the last six, seven years at the college level. Right. And now you're seeing it happen at the NFL level. And I, I've maintained and have been fairly forthright. I don't think that a lot of people in the NFL are ready for the complexion of how the quarterback position is going to look. Uh, that has been the last bastion for a lot of people who don't want to have, uh, don't want to reckon with some of the you know issues that they might have going on. But it is happening full bore, and um, that's not to say that you know white guys aren't athletic, but there's just going to be more black quarterbacks in the NFL moving forward. I've just seen it at every level before this, and there's. Nothing wrong with that. And you're getting a kid, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who outside of a Dan Orlovsky tweet have no character concerns whatsoever. The white quarterback has the DUI on his like, record. Like, 
there's a lot of things that people are going to have to reckon with and prejudices are going to be coming out and we can just call those people out for what that is. Like just, I mean, just you do this, do this trial in your head. Like if Mac Jones was black and Justin Fields was white, how do you think all of these reports would be coming out? It would sound a little bit different. Um, True. And you'd be hearing a lot more of Justin Fields is a lock at number three. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is still a mobile quarterback. Uh, that's that's all I that's all I have to say. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater could not be more stone footed. <laughs> but, you know, he's a black guy, so he's he's mobile quarterback. And he's been facing that shit since he was right. at Miami Central. So um, it all comes back to that central point which is the quarterback position has changed. And if we're just going to focus on fields for a second, uh, that's what you need in your division. Uh, I've in the conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo, I spent a lot of time talking about, he can't win you a Super Bowl. He can't win you a Super Bowl. And that's not the right way to look at it. I was wrong. I'm wrong about that. I'm not to say that he can, he can't, Right. but that's not the but right way to frame it. Have one with him. Maybe possibly. The way that you need to frame it, the way that you need to build your roster is how do you win your division? How do you win the NFC West? And then you figure it out from there. Um, Now, if you're in a position like the Packers, where you're just going to probably automatically win your division, then maybe you can view it a different route, a different way. But when you're in the NFC West, you need to think about how am I going to beat the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams every year? And the Rams have taken out seven mortgages on the house. Uh, They got a lien on the car. Got and it. now I they're like the chaos. I respect it. It's a it's a beautiful thing. They drive over the mountain every day, and now they have Matt Stafford. So what they have is a quarterback who can go from sideline to sideline, who doesn't need to have everything over the middle. And Kyle Shanahan sitting there with Jimmy Garoppolo and saying, well, "I don't have that. I don't have that." And then you get Russell Wilson and, and Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson has the, the ability to throw an unbelievable deep ball, prettiest deep ball in the NFL, in my opinion. And he'll pick up yards for you left and right. You don't need a good offensive line in front of him. And with and Kyle Shanahan sitting there and saying, well, I don't have that. I don't have that in my quarterback, certainly. Uh, I can't throw a deep ball, and he sure as shit can't run. And I need to have the best offensive line in football in front of this guy. Then you look at Kyler Murray, who has the ability to stretch the field in ways that even Stafford can't, and the ability to get you extra yards. Now, there's a durability issue there. So Kyle Shanahan might relate to that, but he certainly, when he sees Kyler Murray twice a year, thinks, well, shit, my quarterback can't do that, and I'm having to work extra hard here. I think that there's something about fields that is going to click for Shanahan in the sense of two things. One, throws a beautiful deep ball. He's got that Russell Wilson deep ball. It's hard not to have an emotional reaction when you see him throw the ball that way. Like He gets that rust feeling with you. And then the other thing that I've seen with him, and this is huge, he he could have been easily drafted as a shortstop into Major League Baseball, and he chose football. The fucker slides. And there are two quarterbacks in that division who have picked up 15 yards on the 49ers three, four times a game every game because they have the ability to slide. And if you don't think that Kyle Shanahan watches back the tape offense and defense and goes, these sons of bitches and doesn't think I need to have one of those, just like when you watch Josh Allen and you go, I need to get me one of those. And now you have the ability to get you one of those. Uh, If you want to win in your division, I think Justin Fields is the best way to win in your division. And by the way, one, one final thought on this, you know, everyone, the, the best correlation that the 49ers are going to have to, if they make a transition for quarterback midseason, we're a long ways right. away from that, but there's kind of three options, right? Full year of Jimmy, no Jimmy midseason transition. The biggest comparison um, that anyone will have is last year's dolphins. And it didn't work out for last year's dolphins. I would like Although to they know went 10 and six, but right. But they, right. they, they had a chance and they choked it away. Uh, and Tua was a big part of that Tua Tangavailoa has no elite physical traits, save for maybe arm if you give him enough time. No no elite physical traits whatsoever. So that's the elimination of Mac Jones. Whereas Justin Fields, I think I sent you, you know, there's this guy who puts out just basically he has a, a quotient right. meter. He has a spreadsheet and it puts it out. And Justin Fields is A plus, A plus, one of the you know best production quarterbacks that we've seen, one of the you know, strongest quarterbacks that we've seen. And crazy twitchy, and you saw the throws. Right. I mean, it's not a Zach Wilson arm, but shit, it's right behind it. And I, it's not a Kellen Mond arm, but no one's talking about Kellen Mond going up in this range. I, I just think that it, you know, checks all the boxes. And I'll say will. one more thing: you look at the quarterbacks that Kyle has recently been interested in, mm-hmm. um, and it is something where, like, would he have won the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? Like, 
He might have. We don't probably, know, but probably. But also, there's a line. Yeah, we'll see. It's the Kirk Cousins, right? Line. Um, but recently, he's wanted Stafford and Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson, and mm-hmm. they just drafted up very high for quarterback. So to me, right, Matthew Stafford, you the the most you see out of him is like him running out of the pocket, scrambling, extending the play. That's like, and then just slinging right. it. Deshaun Watson. Just horrible. He he'll stand in the pocket, but he often is not able to stand in the pocket. Um, I I do think that Deshaun Watson. To be fair, I don't want to get into right. a Deshaun Watson scouting report because it gets deep pretty fast. I think he runs into a lot of sacks, but right. he does have second play ability. Right. He does have you know the ability to extend and create plays with his feet, and he's a great runner. Right. Uh, he doesn't run enough, honestly. Right. And so. and like I, I don't want to read too much into the Brady thing. I think a lot of that was just about how it looked. Too, and and you know thinking Jimmy was just okay, but like also not wanting to bet on a forty-something-year-old guy who doesn't move that well. And yep. was it the wrong bet? Yeah, it seems like it was. It proved to be. It proved but to be. But I wrong still bet, agree with you and I both at the time, right? Yeah, and exactly. given the information they had at the time, so it was this the right is all play. to say, like Kyle saying he's not rigid. There's he's cut like you can't say it's been proven because they didn't make the moves. But the way he's mm. shown interest, the way he's described traits that you know he likes he says that you can be elite in a lot of different ways and like Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't want a running quarterback but he would like a quarterback who can escape a sack and extend plays and and jimmy has done that from time to time but like once jimmy escapes the sack not without dying right once jimmy escapes the sack it's it's a lot of the time it's like i better throw it right now i'm gonna die it's not like i can get to the sideline and then wait till someone comes open so yeah I, i think there has been an evolution in this process and I'm, I'm with you. I think it's Fields. Uh, Lance, I, I think, is there too. But I, I can't really wrap my head around Jones. And if I hear NFL ready one more time, I'm I'm going to – well, I won't snap because I'm going to hear it. Um, but this next month is going to break me. I, I, I say enjoy it because there's a lot of people who are just pining for the attention that their fathers never gave them. And, uh, and and they apparently really need it. They need to know. And in a month, everybody is out there being like, it's going to be Mac Jones, or I think it's going to be Mac Jones. You're just, you're just telling on yourself and there's no need to do that. It could be Mac Jones. It's probably not going to be though, because the information is there. Kyle Shanahan is telling you every reason why he wouldn't take Mac Jones. Basically fields and Lance would have to suck his prospects. He would have to find something that says no. And he already made the damn trade knowing that he had to look at all these quarterbacks. He's been looking at him since January, just like we have. You bet your ass hey. he didn't trade up thinking maybe it'll be Mac And if Jones. he does, well, we'll trash him relentlessly. Uh, it would be a terrible value play, but here's the thing. Deep down, a little bit of a fist pump because I think Mac Jones is pretty good. I think he's just <laughs> just fine. I think he would have been a great pick at 12. <laughs> right. That's, that's about what I could do for you. Right. Uh, nine picks earlier. Not so much. Not when Justin Fields is there. Not even when Trey Lance is there. And again, I'm not a big Trey Lance guy. Right. It, but it's not like he's shit. Right. Uh, unlike this podcast. That's right. Thanks, Chick. Hey, no, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. 